0: Welcome to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast. These are recorded during our weekly services in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Our prayer is that these messages help you grow in your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I invite you to turn in your Bibles to uh, Genesis chapter 2. Um, that would be page number 4 in the soft cover Bibles there. So this is a little more complicated than in weeks past. We're a little bit further into the to the, to the Bible. And we're going to go through the Bible in a, uh, the rest of this year, so... I'm kidding. We're not going to go. It would take us would take us a long time to get through that. Um, this week, you may notice that we're a little. Uh, our numbers are a little less. You know what's what I notice most is that the balcony is empty. The balcony is empty. And if you don't know, the balcony is typically reserved for our youth, our youth, our rooted youth ministry, and uh, they are away. Um, they are at winter retreats in um, Mount Bethel. Nope. Oh, if we can get there, where's the rooted youth? Can we get them up there. Rooted youth. Mike, right, we get that up there, getting it all right, we'll get up there in a minute, so they are away at uh there we go that's a picture of them. They were here um, friday uh taken off uh for the weekends for a winter retreat out in yeah mount Bethel, p a it's i don't know two hours away I don't know they got in a bus that's all they need they got in a bus, and they went out there, so they're having a great time um and uh so we need to pray for pray for our teens uh. Let me tell you, one of the things we do at this church is well, one of the things we don't do is we don't indoctrinate our children. We don't tell them this is how you have to do. It. You know, as, listen, I believe God's real. I got a personal faith with God. I mean, obviously, I'm a pastor. I, you know, you would think, you would think I have a personal relationship, but you know, I, I believe this stuff. But as much as I believe it, I can't make my kids believe it. You know, like I really can't. Um, and so, what I want to do is I want to teach, you know, my kids and and all the kids. Listen, think for yourself. I'm going to tell you my story. I'm going to tell you what I believe about God. I'm going to tell you my experiences and what I believe God has done in my life. But at the end of the day, you've got to make your own decisions. And I want to give them as many opportunities to experience God and say, listen, what do you think? And so my prayer is that these kids are developing their own stories of what God has done in their life. That when they come back, so next week, hopefully, we'll get a chance to hear from some of the kids. And just say, hey, you know, what what was it like for you? What was that experience like? And just, you know, but we can't tell them what to do. They're smarter than that anyway. Yeah, you parents, right? Can you tell your kids what to do? Does that, make, does that happen anyway? Right, it doesn't work. Right? It does, it's not working for me. Um, you know, they'll, they, they have their own minds, their own wills, and God knows that too. And so we just want to give them an opportunity to do that. So they're having a great time. So the uh, a little a little quieter, a little empty today. So parents, if you want to run up there and just, you know, pretend like you're a kid this week, feel free. You yeah, you can jump up the balconies. Good luck getting up there, though. This building is very tricky. Uh, these kids have to be really smart to know how to find the stairwells. Um, I'd also ask you to pray for our leaders, Kevin and Nikki. Let's, let's, I mean, Kevin and Nikki are doing an awesome job. They are really doing a fantastic job as our, as our youth pastors. they they've been doing phenomenal. Um, and, uh, I don't know how they have energy to do this. Um, I really, really don't we need to pray for Rachel as well, who's on the trip, Rachel and, uh, and pray for David, uh, the two adult chaperones. They have no idea what they have gotten themselves into, um, but I could tell that when we were about to leave, the fear I saw in their eyes, it was, let me tell you, they, they were, they, they knew something was going on, and, but they're going to come back around three o'clock this afternoon uh, here, and I know that they're going to be completely exhausted. Um, that's just what's going to happen. My son actually texted us last night late saying, Dad, I fell asleep in the service. I was like, that's my boy. That's what I taught him to do. Um, uh, you know, for many years I used to go on these retreats, uh, as a youth pastor. I would take it. I went as a, I went as a youth and then as I grew up I went as a, as a leader and as a youth pastor and, I mean, you'd come back and it was, it was awesome. I mean, they were great experiences, but I needed a week to recover. You know, there's just something about not sleeping and being around teenagers for like an entire weekend that just, oh man, it's just, it was, Words can't put it in, can't express it. Um, but that's nothing new. I mean, we all don't get enough sleep. Anybody feel like you, get just, you just get perfect sleep every night? You just, you know, if you, don't raise your hand because we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're all going to give you the stink eye. Like you better not, right? But according to the Harvard Medical School, most of us don't get enough sleep. Most of us don't get enough sleep. Um, we burn the candle at both ends. We stay up late to study or to work, or to have fun, depending on how old you are. You know, earlier you still have to have fun, later it becomes, you know, to study, and then it becomes for work. Um, you know, and the reality is going without sleep uh, carries with it um, both short and long-term consequences. We, we know these things. This is all health-related stuff. In the short term, a lack of adequate sleep uh, can affect judgment, mood, ability to learn, retain information. Um, and then in the long term, chronic sleep deprivation actually leads to a host of health problems, including like obesity and diabetes and cardiovascular disease. Study after study has shown that people who sleep poorly are at greater risk for a number of diseases and health problems. A lack of sleep takes a toll on perception and judgment. In the workplace, it's seen in reduced uh, productivity, efficiency, errors, right? Anybody know people at work, when they come in tired, they don't do their best work? You know that. You know what you're like at work when you're tired, right? So you just, we see the effects over time, we wear down, right? Like it just happens. You have a, an, a, like a tank and it gets drained. So how many, like, you'd say you're tired right now. You would just describe yourself as tired right now. Right? And there's different types of tired, right? There's different types of tired, you know? Yeah, yeah, right? Anybody, is that, is anybody that's, you're feeling that? You're feeling that right now. Like there's different types of tired. There's that physically, you know, that, that body is just tired. You're just physically spent. You know, I play basketball a couple times a weekend. We run for like two hours and at the end I'm like, I can't move. But it feels good. Feels good, but I can't move. It's like oh But that that sense of, you know, if you're a runner and you run, at the end of the run, you just your body's just done. Right? Everything hurts. But then there's the mental tired. Like mentally. You know you're thinking critically all day long you're working on your business or in school or problem solving you're just thinking thinking thinking, and you get to the point where just mentally you're just you're fried right you're done and you know what I'm talking about right the mental side of it then there's the emotional right the emotional tired anybody emotionally tired you know you you maybe it's a maybe it's just drama drama you know just drama in your life or a relationship or worry or expectations there's something in your life that just emotionally you're like i just can't take the drama anymore can people just please be normal just do what i expect them to do i just i can't deal with the emotion you just get emotionally in the past where you'd have been like that wouldn't have upset me so much now you're like oh great i got another red light you know like you just the smallest things are just you're done you're done emotionally and then the, the last one is is spiritually spiritually we get tired things challenge our faith you know, when there's tragedy after tragedy in your life or difficult things or things don't go the way you expect. When it rains, it pours and faith can grow thin and you go, God, I know you're there but could you help me out a little bit, you know? It says God won't give you more than you can handle but I'm just feeling empty. Every day our tank is emptied a little bit more. It's like a balloon with like a tiny leak. That's sort of our, that's our being, right? We got, we just, you can't plug it. Just, it's just going to drain little by little, little by little. A physician at Johns Hopkins University was doing research on cancer patients, and she was focused on human endurance factors and studied the effect of exertion on various volunteers. So she was studying just, you know, what exertion, that, that, that impact it has on, on our bodies. And her goal was to establish how much energy a person could store up for an emergency situation or a stressful situation, so kind of like, you know, a tank. So later on in that moment, that adrenaline rush, you know, how much energy could they, could they save up? And so she set the participants to work, and before, and she, so before an eight-hour shift, she would measure their oxygen levels. And then again after, after the work, and then again after eight hours of sleep, she would test them again, find out how much oxygen had been replaced just from sleeping. It's really interesting. So they work, see what the oxygen levels in their blood were, and then after sleeping, how much had been restored. And the test was about six months long, and, and, and she found that between 8 and 20% Less oxygen was restored during the night than it had been expended the night before, so every day you'd be eight to 20 percent less than it wouldn't ever repl- you know fill completely. You know It'd be 80 to 92 percent. Right? So you do the math. And over time, the result was that each day they worked, most people were drawing on oxygen stored in their cells. So after about six days, the average person. Was almost a full day down in their oxygen in their blood. Hmm. Just to maintain, this is this is her, her quote, the doctors quote, just to maintain equilibrium and keep their body even. An individual needed one day off every seven simply to keep up. And I'm just going, man, one day in seven. I've heard that somewhere before. Like, have you have you heard? I don't. I just feel like I've. Ah, creation account, right? Genesis chapter 2. See what we read. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. God has been working for six days. And on the seventh day, verse 2, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. Verse 4. This is the account the creation of the heavens and earth. And if you don't know, we've been examining sort of this creation story for the last few weeks about what God tells us about Himself through creation, what He tells us about us and what He tells us about the world around us. In week one, we said, you know, God created something out of nothing. He doesn't need a thing from you. From nothing, He creates. He just spoke into nothingness and then there was something. And then week two, we said God created change, seasons and days and light and dark, and, and He gave us signs to navigate it. And in week three, God created potential for more. Go be fruitful and multiply. And then in last week, that God created, or two weeks ago, God created us with authority to do good. Gives you permission to go do good. And now today, after all is said and done, God rested. And this is a different day than all the the rest. God doesn't actually make anything on this day. It doesn't say God created rest, it just says He just took a rest. He just stopped. God put his feet up in his heavenly hammock and he took a nap. It must have been a really good nap, right? I mean, think about a nap in heaven. I mean, that's really good. You know, you wake up from a nap here, you're like, oh, I kind of like groggy. And, you know, when you, you know, when you wake up from a nap, like, you don't feel better. You just feel angry, right? I don't know. I just was like, oh, man, I took a nap. I'm rested, but it's just, just grumpier. I don't know. It's just like, at least it's, maybe it's with me. But let me ask you this. Do you think God ever gets tired? So then, why did he take a rest? Like, was it was it you know? You think he ran out of ideas? I Was like, I don't know what else to make. I'll just sit here for a day, right? Like, why why couldn't the world why couldn't it just be six day week? He could have stopped and made a six day week, right? But there's n- there's nothing that said you have to have seven days in a week. He's God. He makes the week. He makes the days. It's the guy who created it he says, no, I'm going to make a day, and I'm going to make a day to do nothing, a day to stop. It says he literally stopped. He felt it was important enough to dedicate a day to it, but not only that, but then to let us know about it. It's in the text for a reason that God actually made it one of the Ten Commandments down the road. We looked at this a few months ago. There's something about the concept of rest that God wants us to understand. I don't think it wasn't, it wasn't random. He did it on purpose. As we discussed when we were studying the commandments, we feel pressure to get so much work done. We're crunched for time constantly. There's always more you can do. You own your own business. You never stop thinking about the business. I'm, I'm telling you, it's very hard for me to stop thinking about church. This is all-consuming. You're on vacation on a beach somewhere. It's still there. It goes with you. All right, we, we live in that world. We had a snow day this week. Guess what? There's no days off. You can call in remotely. You can log in, log on. You're at work. Guess what? There is no escape anymore. It's constantly in a cloud of work. Rest feels like a luxury. We said that this Sabbath is actually a declaration of faith and trust. Remember, God can do more with six days than you can with seven. We talked about that. We talked about this a few months ago with, with the commandments. You can rest one day a week and not lose any ground. Or you can work seven days and not gain any ground. You can either rest one day and not lose any ground or you can not rest and not gain any ground. God is saying, listen, this is your call. I'm giving it to you. I'm giving you a day of rest. Psalm 127 says this, it is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night anxiously working for food for God gives rest To his loved ones, this rest is God's gift for you. He says, hey, here it is. It's a gift. You don't have to work that day. I got it. I will cover it. You're good. And we're like, yeah, I can't afford it. And God's like, what are you? I'm telling you to take a rest. I got it. And you're like, no, I got to keep working. It's a trust issue. It's faith. But there's another aspect. We talked about that with the command. There's another aspect of this Sabbath rest, this idea of rest that I want to address today. I think it tells us something huge about God. And I really believe it has the potential to determine the difference that your life will make on this earth. This is a big deal. I'm going big time here. And I really think this is that big. I think it's that important. Matthew chapter 11, verse 20. I'm going to read it. It will be on the screen in front. It says this. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary, and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Verse 29. Take my yoke upon you. And a yoke, it was... Sort of like this, imagine a unibrow made of wood, okay, and then two oxen tied to it. Okay, that's sort of what a yoke was, and they would plow together and would keep them together and keep them in step. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. So the first step in all of this is always admitting the truth. So here we go. Ready? Hello, my name is Dan, and I need a rest. You're supposed to say hi, Dan. Right? This is the way, right? You know how it goes. But seriously, you need rest just as much as I do. We all need rest. And taking a rest is not so, Is not just about obedience. You know what? You know. What, you know what? That's called. That's called religion. Where it's like if you don't take that Sabbath rest, you're a bad Christian. That's called religion. That's like if you don't follow the rules, then guess what? You're not loving God. That's not it. Taking a rest is actually about. Stewardship and responsibility. Ready? You owe it to me to take a rest. And I owe it to you to take a rest. I'm going to explain that in a moment. According to the laws that God gave the people of Israel, every seventh day was a Sabbath, right? Every seventh day was a day off, a day of rest. Don't do work. Arrest from your work, from your labor. Every seventh year, do you know this was a Sabbath year? So they would actually, every seventh year they would take they were farmers, agriculture, they were growing, take give the land rest. Every seventh year they couldn't plant, they couldn't, they couldn't turn over the ground, they couldn't do anything. They had they couldn't cultivate, they had to leave it alone. Give the land rest. And God said, I will provide enough food for you in the sixth year for the two years. Trust me. Okay? So interesting. Every seventh day. Personally, take a rest. Every seventh year, give your land rest. And then after seven sets of seven, after seven sets of these seven years, so every 49 years, in the 50th year, he said it would be a year of jubilee. And in the year of jubilee, again, no planting. You can eat whatever the the land produces on its own, but give the land rest again. But something else would happen. He said in, in the course of just life, you get debt, things happen. Right? Your, your business does well. Somebody else's business doesn't do so well. Right? You would sell land off. You would, you know, make trades and try and, you know. So at the end of 49 years, you know, Aaron over here would have lots and lots of land, right? And Benjamin, well, man, he would be working for Aaron. All his family stuff over those years. Maybe his family was really poor. They would, they would lose it all, right? So you'd have this, this scenario people would own lots of stuff People wouldn't own as much well in the year of jubilee everything returned back to the original owners so let's say benjamin's family owned like all these acres but he had sold it off in that time in that year that would revert back to his family it was their way of maintaining right everybody's equality it was it was basically think of it as like a reset button every 50th year reset everybody's back to like wouldn't that wouldn't that, isn't that interesting Isn't that a really interesting concept um, to think about? So, if you go back, every seventh day, we reset the people. Every seventh year, we reset the land. And every 50th year, seven sets, we reset the nation. It's a really interesting concept. See, God modeled rest for us because rest is good. And when I say good, I don't mean just good. I mean good. Like really, really good. Like perfect good. Can't be better. Couldn't be improved upon. The perfect good. We need it. Rest resets our being. It resets you. See, work is part of the penalty of sin in the world. Right? In a perfect world, there'd be no work. We know this. Garden of Eden, there was, there was not work. Sin enters the world. Adam and Eve, they blow it. Now you've got to put on you know, pants every day and go to work. I'm sorry. Blame Adam and Eve. And the reality is sin remains and so does work. And work does something to us. You all seen the Snickers commercial, right? Like, you're not you when you're hungry. Right? You're not you. They become somebody else. to are cranky. Hey, Betty White, come on, right? Like, you're not you when you're hungry. Well, guess what? You're not you when you're tired. You're not you when you're tired. You're a lesser version of yourself. Listen, I'm cranky enough when I'm rested. Let alone when I'm tired. Forget about it. Like you do not want to be near me when I'm tired. I'm a miserable person. And rest resets us. See, rest is good. But it doesn't just reset us physically. It resets us emotionally, relationally, mentally, spiritually. It resets us. God created you for rest. You need it. We have to acknowledge that. It's not a badge of honor to do without it. I don't need rest. Yes, you do. You're made that way. You can't tell me you don't need rest. Everybody needs rest. God's the only one who doesn't need it, and He still took it. See, our culture perceives rest as either weakness, laziness, or a luxury. It's not something necessary. It's just something if you get to, you get the rest. Oh, look at you at the beach. <gasps> right? My parents are in Puerto Vallarta right now. I don't mind, but they send me pictures. Like, really? I need palm trees right now. Thank you, Mom. The only reason I don't get rest is because of me. Rest is holy. It's sacred. God gave it. and He loves us so much that He tells us to stop and rest. Here's the thing about God. Here's what you need to know about God. God cares more about your well-being than your well doing. He cares more about how you are and who and what's going on inside you than what you're accomplishing. He's got this. He puts rest down there and says, listen, it's about who you are. You know, I heard the story about the two guys that were supposed to were charged with, you know, chopping down wood. They're just going at it, going at it. One guy is just I mean, he's not stopping. He's just going and going. After a while, I mean, it's hours, and he's just exhausted, right? And he looks over, and the other guy's got a pile that's three times as big. He's like, how are you doing that? And the guy's just sitting there not working. He's like, how are you not working, and you've got more done? He goes, oh, I kept stopping to sharpen my axe. Right? We know this story. It's a simple story. But the thing is, in life, we get dull. We get dull. We've got to sharpen ourselves, and rest resets us. It sharpens us. God can do more through me when I'm sharp, when I'm rested. It's one of the reasons I don't speak every Sunday. Right? We have guests and things like that. That's one of the reasons is because I get dull. You don't want to hear me when I preach all the time. Seriously, I'm sitting here just going, I don't know what to say right now. Bible, Jesus, God, okay, amen. Right? Like, I, got, I, got, I get dull. I need rest. You need rest. The reality is this. God can do more through you when you're rested. Like, this is really, really very important. We think we can keep going. And God just says, hey, you have to rest. We know it. We know it. It's one of the simplest and and clearest principles in the Bible, the promise of God. But we just struggle. I mean, we don't do well at resting. We don't stop. We make time for what we want to make time for. We make time for work. We make time to eat. We make time to sleep, to go to the gym, to watch TV, to travel, to meet friends. We tell our time to go. We think of rest as simply recreation, right? Like I had time for that. That's like in the you know, in terms of important things, I've got to do my important things, I've got to make money, I've got to be with, you know, everybody, I've got to do things, I've got to be, you know, out there getting the brand out, I've got to do whatever. But I don't have rest. I mean that's just that's that's recreational, that's that's on the side. One author actually repurposed that word and said, God gave us rest to recreate our being. Recreation isn't just a luxury. It's actually a recreation of our being. I made a scooter ramp for my kids. If you drive by my house, you'll see it. It's in the driveway. I can't move it. It was way too big. I didn't know what I was doing. And now I've got a 4 foot by 12 foot ramp in my driveway. I can't bring it in the garage. It's just too heavy. But the rain hits. It snow hits. And eventually, the wood gets deteriorated. And I've got to replace the plywood. I leave the frame, but the plywood's got to get replaced. So you know what I do? I recreate it. When we rest, God recreates us. He resets us back to wholeness. All right. Thank you, Pastor Dan. So what? We're going to go back into the rest of our lives. So what? Are you telling me to take a nap today? Listen, if you're taking a nap this morning, you are, in effect, applying my message. So it's okay if you're sleeping right now. I don't mind. The question is this. How effective do you want to be? You can be exhausted or you can be effective. But you can't be both. This is not just a matter of obedience to God because He says so. It's an issue of stewardship. Do you want to be effective or do you want to be exhausted? You can keep going and you'll be dull. I need you to rest because I need you at your best. There are times God's going to speak something into your heart that I need to hear and if you are not making time for rest, you're not going to hear it and then I'm going to miss it. There are times that, you know, we work together. We say we're better together as a church all the time. Better together. Nemo over there. Right? We're better together. I need you. You need me. You need me to be rested because if I'm not rested, I have no idea what I'm saying and I haven't prepared stuff and I'm not sharp and I'm not tuned in. But there are all sorts of things. We have finance people. Right? We've got hospitality people and teachers and setup crew and so many different things and youth leaders and special needs and all, all, our, all sorts of things. Today we're going to kick off branches and small groups and there's questions and facilitators. And we need everybody to be sharp because they're going to bring your best to the table for everybody else. It's not just about you. It's not just about me. It's about what we bring collectively. If we want to be effective, we've got to be sharp. And If we don't take rest, we're not sharp. We're best together when we're rested. So we get to choose. So this morning, here's my... Here's my thoughts for you. Here's the application. Does your mind need rest? Maybe today you're sitting there going, My mind needs rest. You're just tired of thinking? You're tired of just working, and you know that you are just not sharp right now. Tell you stop working. Give yourself a break. Sometimes the best thing I can do in preparing a message is not work on the message. Like if I'm just trying to fight and it's just not coming through, God has a way of speaking while I'm just living. So the question is: Do you regularly have a habit of stopping work for a day a week? I can't afford it. I know the pressure. I do know the pressure. I'm telling you, it's countercultural. Our world says you got to work seven days a week, every living hour to make. I'm telling you, you, God can do more with six than you can do with seven. Rest keeps you sharp. There are insights all around you, and here's, here's the here's the real statement of the day: You will do your best work if you will regularly take a break from it. That's a hard thing to apply, but it's the truth. You will do your best work if you will regularly take a break from it. So, guys, why did listen? He doesn't need a break. He was modeling something for us. Something about rest. So much so he made a commandment. Take a break. You People are not getting this. Take a break. It resets you. It recreates you. And here's the truth. God has given you enough time to do in six days what he asks of you. So if you don't have enough time in six days to do what's before you, the question is this. What are you doing that's not supposed to be on the list? If you don't have enough time in six days, then you're doing something that you're not supposed to be. Because you got enough time in six days to do everything that you're supposed to be getting done, work-wise. Oh, I'm telling you. Pulling no punches today. Let me tell you, this message, I hate it. I hate it because this is like, when I say one finger pointing, i got all the rest pointing back at me. This is so hard for me. Because... I don't have an office. I have a temporary office, but I work everywhere. i got a laptop and a phone, right? Work can be all-consuming. I can never be off work. And this is so hard to apply because we carry it everywhere. And we just have to... This is not one of those messages where we have to pray about it and think about whether God wants us to... We just got to do it. We're going to do it or not. Yoda, do or do not do. There is no try. This is it. Does your mind need rest? Second, does your body need rest? Maybe you simply need to stop moving. What did the pastor tell you? He told me how to take a nap. Absolutely. Sleep. Pause. Get a massage. Go to a spa. Take a nap. I read a book this week by by a guy and he says this. He said, each of us needs a breather. He says, if we forget that, the body itself will get around to reminding us of it sooner or later. You think your body doesn't need a rest? Test it. You will burn out. And if you want to read the statistics on burnout, what it actually does physically to your body, you read what happens when you go on burnout long enough, you can never regain what you lose. You will never be the same physically, mentally, emotionally from what happens when you go through burnout. Your body is connected to your mind and your soul. It all matters. Your bodies, 1 Corinthians, your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You are bought with a price. So honor God with your bodies. It's stewardship. It's a responsibility. How you treat your body affects your effectiveness for the work God has called you to do. And let me tell you, God has called you to do things. Everybody in this room, you've got a purpose. God has put you on this planet. It's not just to do your work. There are eternal purposes for which you are here. You may not see it. You may, not, you may underestimate it. Let me tell you, you have no idea what God has put you here for. But you will change eternal destinies for people. That's why you're here. You are not here just to go to work or just to do this. You're not here for just anything. You are here to change eternal destinies. And God needs you sharp. He says, i am telling you how to do it. I've created you. Take a rest. If your body needs one, take one. Take it regularly. Finally, does your soul need rest? Spiritually. Where are you with God? You're going, God, I just feel like I'm fighting this whole faith thing constantly, and it's just I'm drained. I'm empty inside. Spiritually, I'm dry. I got nothing. I need something real. I'm just, many years ago, an NBC radio show received a letter from a gold prospector in the hills of Montana. No joke. It's a true story. Written on a brown paper bag and folded into an envelope. This guy sent in an unusual request, and this is what he wrote. This is a letter. I'm going to read it. It says, I am a regular listener to your programs, and as a friend, I want to ask you for a favor. It gets lonely up here, and besides my radio and my dog, I have not much else for company. I do have a violin that I used to play, but now it is badly out of tune. Would you please be kind enough at 7 o'clock next Sunday night to strike me an A note that I can put the fiddle back into tune? That means a hit like an A note right now. At first, the people in the network thought the letter was like too funny for words. They're like, This is great. I mean, written on a brown paper bag. This guy's hilarious. But the manager, though, continued to think about it. And that following Sunday night, at 7 o'clock sharp, the network interrupted its programming to sound an A and give this guy his pitch. Interesting story. Our lives have a way of getting out of tune. The Sabbath was given by God as a chance for us to listen for His pitch so that He can restore our whole being to tune. Let me tell you, let God speak to you. He speaks in stillness. He speaks in the quiet. He heals. He restores. He retunes your life to His note of truth. But only if you'll take time to listen and to rest. God cares more about your well being than your well doing. He is that good. I'm gonna invite the music team to come on up as I close. But my challenge for us today as a church is this. If we'll continue to commit to accepting the rest God has modeled for us, here's the thing you will be effective in whatever God has called you to do. Do you want to be effective or do you want to be exhausted? Like it seems like a no brainer. So how many of you are going to take a rest this week? Right? And inside you're going, I want to. I want to. Some of you are going, yeah, you just don't know my schedule. I don't. I don't know your schedule. I don't know the pressures you have on you. I tell you, we we can make all the excuses we want. But the reasons that we can't. You can sit here until you're blue in the face. And it's not me. Listen, this it's just not like you and me saying, I don't care. I mean, I do care. I need you at your best, but I can't force you to do that either. But I hope today we we can see God's heart for us. Psalm 23. Very familiar psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Do you know what lie down actually means? Lay down. Rest. God makes me lay down. He makes me stop. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. If you will rest and take God at His word. It says He brings back, He gives back to you your soul. He retunes it, He recreates it, He resets it. See, if we will rest, God takes our ever-weakening being that grows emptier and emptier every day. He puts us back together again. Rest heals what's broken. It restores what's been taken. It prepares us for what's ahead. And it strengthens us to accomplish whatever is in front of us. I'm telling you, I'm giving you permission. God is giving us permission And God blessed the seventh day and He declared it holy because it's the day that He puts us back together again. It's the day that He resets us body, mind, and soul. It's the day He recreates us and retunes our being to His. And that's the account of creation. And it is very good because He's a good God. That's my message for you today. That's my thoughts for you today said it's not it's one we have to really think about Like I don't know what I think about that it's pretty clear the question is what are we going to do about that and that's up to you so we're going to have the band just play for a, quietly for a minute or 2 I'm going to give you a chance on the back of your connection card, it's an opportunity for you just to, to in your seat just say okay God what do I do what's got to change Maybe you're doing great at rest. Maybe you're resting too much. I don't know. Listen, you've got to work six days to get that seventh day. You know, you know, this is not like, hey, go be lazy and God takes care of it. No, that's, that's not the deal. You work six days. You give your best. And on that seventh, you give it to God. God, what's that look like in my life? Let's just take a minute and pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you. God, you are good. And you love us so much that you care more about how we're doing than what we're doing. God, you care more about our well being than anything else. And I ask today, Lord, that you would just give us the, Lord, the, the courage to trust you, that you can do more with six than we can with seven. Lord, help us to build that habit of taking a rest where we need a reset. Maybe it's in our mind, in our body, or in our soul, but we need it. And we will continue to need it for the rest of our life. Help us to constantly come to you and find our rest in you. You are glad to, to give it. Lord, you say, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. Lord, you are just so good. You're the source of our rest. Our rest is not just on a beach somewhere, Lord, but it's in you. you. You are the one who speaks to our soul. So we look to you, God, to do that in our life. I thank you. I praise you. We give you all the glory. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to invite our ushers to come on up and as we close our time today. Um, if you're a guest with us, please uh, feel no obligation to give. Uh, giving is an opportunity for uh, the regular attenders and the members of Life Tree to express their gratitude for God's provision in their life and to just... Uh, Express faith that he'll continue to do that. Don't feel any pressure to give. If you'd like to, you're more than welcome, but you don't need to. In there, you can also drop your connection cards as we'll, uh, as those buckets pass by. Let's just take a moment and would you pray as we close. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I ask, Lord, now that as we just Lord, take another moment to express our, our trust in you through through this way, through giving, Lord, that you would take this money and multiply it. Help people to know how much you love them and how good you are. Thank you for caring for us like you do. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were encouraged by this message. For more information about LifeTree, please check us out online at lifetreecc.com.